1 Samuel chapter 7. I'm going to read from verse 1 through verse 5 and verse 9 through verse 13. And the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eliezer, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass that while the ark abode at Kerjath-Jerim, and the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If we do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all the Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray unto the Lord. And let's go down to verse 9, please. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomforted them. They were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. And then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin, called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto the Lord hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Then Samuel took a stone, verse 12, and set it between Mizpah and Shin, and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Uh, thus far the Lord has helped us. I want to talk about Ebenezer on today. All right, all right. Would you say that one word after me, please? Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Let's go back more than 20 years. Samuel at that time was a young man, possibly a teenager. His mother dedicated him to the Lord, and he lived in the house of Eli, who was a priest and judge of Israel. In Eli's old age, he allowed the moral and religious practices of Israel to decline to a point below God's toleration level. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God does have a toleration level. <laughs> moral transgressions and Religious abuses flourished. The sons of Eli flooded their immorality right in the house of God. Israel became so involved in sinful behavior and attitudes that God's patience could tolerate their behavior no longer. When Israel went out to fight their enemies, the Philistines, God in his wrath allowed Israel to be defeated. A thousand men were killed that day. The Israelite army went back to Shiloh and got the Ark of the Covenant. With the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of God's presence and power with them, Israel confidently went out again to fight the Philistines. And again, Israel was not only defeated, the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines. Eli's two sons were killed 
in the battle along with 30,000 more soldiers. When Eli received the news, he collapsed and fell and was killed by his fall. A young lady grieved by all of this, understanding the cause of all of this, named her newborn son Ichabod, saying the glory of the Lord has departed. And so it is when we go beyond the toleration level of God, his presence and his glory departs from us and all kinds of disasters come upon us. So the Philistines ruled over the Israelites for the next 20 years, confiscating their possessions, enslaving their people, imposing their false religion upon them. During this 20-year period, I have every reason to believe that Samuel was busy seeking to inspire the people to return to the Lord. He became priest judge upon the death of Eli. And because they were in Philistine bondage, Samuel had to work secretly, possibly traveling in disguise and many times traveling at night. He would visit the Israelite villages and towns and encourage them to turn their hearts and their minds back to the Lord, explaining to them the reason for their plight and what the solution to their predicament really was. And notice this went on for 20 long years. Now 20 years is a long time. But before Israel could rise up against her enemy, Israel had to be prepared and unified and emotionally and spiritually ready for the challenge. Too many people today are prone to rush into work and into ministry without adequate knowledge of the word and the will and the nature of God. They rush out without being filled with the Holy Ghost. Some would even go forth to work for God without even accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. But it was by God's grace that Samuel was protected and guided from the eyes of the Philistines during this time of preparation. But as he continued to admonish and to encourage Israelite people, they began to have a change of heart. First Samuel 7 and 2 says it was a long time, 20 years in all, that the ark remained at Kiriath-Jerim. All the people of Israel mourned and sought after the Lord. But in verse 3, Samuel said to Israel, If you're returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then get rid of your idol gods and turn to God and serve him only, and God will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So Israel put away their Baals and their Ashtoreths and their idol gods, and they served God only. There's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So we see Samuel as he calls the people of Israel together at a place called Mizpah for public worship and for prayer and for instruction. And you can be sure that when an individual or when a group began to get serious about God, the devil is going to try to stop them. Don't be surprised that temptations and hindrances occur in your walk with the Lord. You should really be surprised when you're not tried and tempted and blocked. Just be all the more determined that you're going to press on all the more diligently. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So when Samuel and the people got together for God, the Philistines declared war against them and prepared to attack them. Listen, West Angeles, don't you believe that everybody is happy with who we are and with what we are? There are forces of evil that stand against every church. But let's press on anyhow. 
Since people are going to talk, let's give them something to talk about. So the Philistines got together. They prepared to attack Israel. The children of Israel saw this and said to Samuel, cry unto the Lord for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel made a sacrifice unto the Lord. And the Bible says he cried unto God for Israel. Prayer is so essential. Some of you are alive today because somebody prayed for you. I said somebody in here is alive because somebody prayed for you. And it's so important that we pray for one another. Stop gossiping about folk and getting in their business and start praying for them. If you think they are below par, then pray them up to par. Pray them into the blessing of Almighty God. You don't know what a person might be struggling with. You don't know what they're dealing with. But you can pray for them. We don't have to offer a lamb or sacrifice unto the Lord. The Lord just hears our prayers because of Jesus, who was the lamb slain from the very foundation of the world. And just as God heard Samuel, the Lord will hear us. Jeremiah, who said in Jeremiah 33 and 3, call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So Samuel offered up the burnt offering. And as he offered up the burnt offering, the Philistines began to approach their camp to do battle against them. Don't you mess with folk when they're praying. Don't you mess with folk when they are having church. Don't you mess with people when they are worshiping the Lord. As the Philistines came upon them, God thundered with a great thunder. Oh my, how, how many of you from down south and back east know what thunder is really like? It really shakes the very windows of the house and causes the house to reverberate with the power of the thunder. God thundered with a great thunder upon the Philistines and discomforted them. The Philistines were smitten before Israel because Israel went out of Mizpah and not only beat them, but began to pursue them and smite them till they came to Bethkar. The Bible says that the Philistines were subdued. And the Bible says that they came no more into the coast of Israel. God is saying to somebody here today that what you've been troubled by, what's been coming upon you, ain't going to come on you no more. God has said it's time for a change. God, by his power, is going to step in and bring it to an end. The cities that the Philistines had taken away from Israel were restored to Israel. And then the Bible says in 1 Samuel 7 and 12, when God gave them victory, they didn't just return home rejoicing with the spoil. They went to a certain place and set up a stone between Mizpah and Shin. And Samuel called the name of the stones that he had set up Ebenezer. And he said, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Would you say those words after me, please? Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. I've been thinking about what the Lord has done for us in the last few weeks, how God has blessed us in the last few days. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. But the way God has blessed us and the good things God has done for us, we need to really stop for a while. And not just keep on going like the Lord has not done anything. And let the Lord know how grateful we are. Time for us to set up an Ebenezer and say, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. I'm convinced that it's time for some of you in the audience to stop your rush and your busyness. Sometimes you're so busy getting blessed that you don't stop to even thank God for what God has done for you. Some of you out there are making so much money you don't even have time to spend it. You don't even have time to go shopping and you're so busy bringing it in that you don't have time to even put anything out. Some of you are so blessed, you're looking so good, you don't have anywhere to keep what God has given to you. But I just thought I needed to call a Sunday, Ebenezer Sunday. Tell two people you ought to praise the Lord.
You ought to thank God. Well, let's take a little while. Let's take a little while. Let's take a while and think about what. Number one, number one. Number one, I want to say it was the Lord. I said, number one, I want to say it was the Lord. I said, number one, I want to say it was the Lord. Hitherto hath the Lord. Would you tell two people it was the Lord? Uh-huh. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. Godless communism has fallen, but America is still standing. Was it because of our military might? Was it because of our economic strength? The basic reason that America is still standing and the communist system has fallen, it was the Lord. Look over at your neighbor again and just tell your neighbor, it was the Lord. What do you attribute the success that you've experienced? Was it your intelligence? Was it your education? Was it your pedigree? Was it your cultural background? Was it your skill? Was it your ability? Say what you like, but I just tell you whatever you have become, it was the Lord. God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the weak things of the world, the things that are mighty, things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Whatever you've done, you're not do the credit. It was the Lord that helped you to get where you are, make you who you are. In God we live, in God we move, in God we have our being, no living, no moving, no being without God. And God had to push a PhD aside to get to you. He had to push a millionaire and a billionaire, push a president aside, push a mayor, a governor aside, push a millionaire aside just to get to you. And then he had to reach way down, way down to get you because he loved you. Would you tell somebody it was the Lord? Not my power, not my might, not my goodness, not my virtue. There were people who were smarter than I was. There were people who were stronger than I was. There were people who were better looking than I was. There were people who had more than I was, who were more righteous than I was. But the Lord said, I'm going to choose him. I don't know why he loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm glad some of y'all sitting out there like the Lord had to pick you out, but the Lord would have done very well without you, but he chose you not because he needed you, but because you needed him. And somebody ought to praise God because it was the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Promotion comes from the east, not from the east, not from the west, not from the south, but God is the judge. God puts down one and sets up another. Had a preacher the other day telling me how he had a job and his, his immediate foreman on the job was mistreating him and abusing him and misusing him, giving him a hard time every day and threatening to fire him, but he just kept on working, kept on loving God, and pretty good, the foreman got fired. He got the foreman's job. It was the Lord. God has a mysterious way. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Number two, I want to say that he helped us. Are y'all with me today? He didn't say the Lord did it all. He said the Lord helped us. Some folk not only want the Lord's help, they want the Lord to do everything. But the Lord usually requires that we do something. But the Lord helps us. Sometimes he requires us to do a great deal, but he promises that if we'll put forth an effort, he will help us. We are workers together with him, but the Lord helps us. He requires us to do something, and sometimes he requires us to do even more. Moses had to do something. Moses had to stretch forth the rod before the Red Sea would step back. Joshua and the people had to march around the walls of Jericho before God brought the walls down. 
the widow had to give the prophet a cake before God miraculously sustained her in the famine. Jesus had the men to roll the stone away before he caused Lazarus to come back from the dead. The Lord loves to help us. Would you tell your neighbor the Lord loves to help us? Our little effort and God's great power, we can do great things in the name of Almighty God. My Bible says, for all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. If you love the Lord and if you're working toward God's purpose, God says, I'll help you. Somebody ought to say, praise the Lord. In Isaiah 41 and 10, the Lord said to them, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Said, now first, I'm going to give you some strength. And you've got to use that strength. But when your strength comes to an end, I'm not going to leave you by yourself with your strength. I'm going to step in and I'm going to help you. And so I'm going to help you and you use your strength and I'll help you as you move toward success. But then when with my help and your strength, you feel like you need some more, I will uphold thee. I'll pick you up out of that situation and I'll lift you above those that would do damage and who would do harm against you with my right hand. And so God says, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to pick you up out of the mess, out of the muck, out of the trouble, out of the distress. And by the power of God, God is going to take you through. I just came by to tell you today, you're going to make it. Whatever that is you're battling against, whatever it is you're fighting against, you are going to make it in the name of Jesus. Will you tell your neighbor, neighbor, you're going to make it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to help you. Hallelujah. Hitherto the Lord hath helped us. Well, can we pause and talk about that word us for a moment? Will you tell your neighbor he's talking about us? Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And I've just got to say sometimes the Lord has helped me. I don't have to rely on the Bible to know that the Lord is a miracle worker. God has worked miracles for me. I've seen God work miracles in the last days. In this time, I've seen God. How many have ever seen God work miracles for you? Don't have to read the Bible to know that the Lord is a miracle worker. Don't have to call Moses to find out that the Lord will make a way. God has made a way for me. I don't have to read about the widow to find out that God will provide. God has provided for me. I know for myself what God can do. Hallelujah. The Lord helped me. The Lord helped us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The Lord helped us. Now, the Lord could have picked out somebody else. The Lord could have blessed somebody else, but he picked you. Oh, look at your name and say, I'm so glad. The Lord picked me out. Hallelujah. He could have picked somebody else. He could have saved somebody else. He could have helped somebody else. Some of you would not even have chosen you if you had been making the choices. But God chose you. Oh, clap your hands and say, I'm so glad. <clears throat> I'm so glad. Yeah, bye, 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 so cold. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. Mm. Don't worry about whether you're worthy or not. Don't worry about whether you deserved it. None of us were worthy. None of us deserved it. But Jesus purchased a full benefit package for us way back on Calvary. And the Lord chose us. The Lord chooses unlikely candidates. Can I talk to you all for a while today? Unlikely candidates. Look over at your neighbor. Uh -huh. Look at your neighbor. Now, now just look straight ahead and say unlikely candidate. Come on, clap your hands and praise God for it. No matter how great you are, no matter how much you think you are, you are an unlikely candidate. And when I look at you, all I can think of is grace. And when I look at me, all I can think of is grace. It was grace. It was not my goodness. Not It was God's grace. God chooses unlikely candidates. David had many children by many different wives. And many of these wives had married David honorably and righteously had brought children into the world. But Solomon was the son of Bathsheba. 
And Bathsheba became David's wife by adultery and by deceit and by murder. And when Solomon was born, he was the most unlikely candidate. The son before him died because of the wrath of God upon the relationship between David and Bathsheba. But when the time came for God to pick out the next king uh, of the Israelites, one would have thought that Solomon would have been the last person that the Lord would have chosen because there were other sons that the Lord could have selected. But God pushed all them aside, said, I want Solomon. And he said to Solomon, Solomon asked, what shall I give you? I'm going to give you whatever you want. Solomon was the one God chose, a son of disgrace, received the grace of Almighty God, and it was to him that God opened up the doors of opportunity, power, and victory. And Solomon walked in victory and in triumph all the days of his life. Somebody ought to clap their hands and say, I was an unworthy candidate. But the Lord chose me. The Lord Pick me up. You can't be so poor. You can't be so wicked. You can't be so worthless that the Lord will not help you if you turn to him. God has helped us. God has helped me. And the Lord will help you. Well, I've got one more word that I've got to deal with. And that one word is hitherto. And look at your name and say, that means thus far. Y'all don't like this word. Y'all not going to help me preach today. But just think about it. Thus far. Tell two people thus far. Hallelujah. Samuel and the children of Israel knew that they'd only made a start. But oh, what a start they made. But there was still more to be done. They could not feel that they had arrived, that they had accomplished the goal or the objective. They could not feel that they were finished because God had more for them to do. And this was just thus far. West Angeles, we've got to realize that we've only come thus far. Listen, if I ever needed you, I need you now. If I ever needed your support and loyalty, I need you now. If we ever prayed to God, we need to pray to God now. If we ever made up our mind to be serious about our walk in God, we need it now more than ever before. We don't have it made. There's still a greater distance for us to go. And you need to tell your neighbor this is only thus far. Listen, we've got to stand together more than ever before. Too much sorrow in the world. Too much pain in the world. Too much evil in the world. For us to stop now. We can't stop now. We've got to go on in the power of Almighty God. I read the word of God in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, where Paul said, not as though I've already attained, neither were already perfect, but I follow after, if I may apprehend that for which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. I don't count myself to have apprehended. I don't feel like I've got it made, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me and reaching to those things that are before me, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. Are there any pressers in the house? It's time for us to put forth an all-out effort. Whatever strength God has given you in the past, go back and say, Lord, I need some more strength. Whatever power you received on yesterday, go back and say, Lord, I need more power. Power. Whatever God has done in your spirit, go back and ask God to do it again. Will you raise that hand and say, Lord, do it again. Lift your hand and say, Lord, do it again. This is just hitherto. And we've got a long way to go. Hitherto ought to help us to deal with the tragedy and the trial of the present. Some of you are looking at some pretty terrible things. You're looking at a bad situation. You're looking at trouble in your present. Some of you have lost your job. Some of you don't have adequate resources to take care of your needs. Things in your life seem to be in disarray and you're on the verge of giving up. But hitherto ought to let you know that if God bless you to get where you are, God can take you the rest of the way. 
would you look over and tell somebody it's grace that brought us safe thus far and God's grace is going to lead us home tell your neighbor the same God that brought us here can get us there why don't you praise God hallelujah 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 you're not there yet but God has taken you from where you have been and every once in a while we ought to go to the back door of our lives and see how far God has brought us and say if God brought me here God can get me there oh bless the name of God I don't feel no ways tired I've come too far from where I started from nobody told me the road would be easy but I don't believe that he brought me this far to leave me tell your neighbor the Lord will not leave you Philippians 1 6 being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it shall perform it when I think of a performance I think of somebody showing out I think of somebody doing a job God's going to show out in your life He's going to show up in your life and what you're going through is nothing compared to what God is going to do in your life in the future somebody ought to praise Him praise Him praise Him hear the truth hear the truth reminds me that we ought not always be obsessed with some blessing in the future not always be obsessed with the next thing we want God to do sometimes as soon as God does one thing we forget that and start talking about the next thing and now Lord I want this or I want that people are forever wanting something else never satisfied never saying enough but we ought to say Lord if you never do anything else for me you've already done enough for me to praise you for the rest of my life you've already been so good I've got to thank you oh thank you oh thank you Lord lift up that hand and say Lord you've been so good to me I just want to praise you I just want to thank you I just want to magnify you and God if you do nothing else I'll still praise you I'll still magnify you I'll still glorify you I've got to stop and build an Ebenezer and let folk know that hitherto the Lord has helped me come on and tell somebody hitherto the Lord hath helped me hallelujah build an Ebenezer praise build an Ebenezer of thanksgiving build an Ebenezer of gratitude does anybody have anything that God has done for you does anybody have anything that you want to praise God for somebody's Ebenezer I said somebody's Ebenezer is an old hospital bracelet you were sick and in the hospital and they put that bracelet on your wrist and the doctor did not have high hopes for you the doctor did not have great expectation for your recovery but when the doctor stepped out God stepped in you were out of the hospital after a while and when you got home you cut off that hospital bracelet and you put it in the drawer and every once in a while you go in the closet you pull out that drawer and you see that hospital bracelet still in the drawer and you've got to lift your hands and take a pause and build your Ebenezer and say the Lord has done great things for me and I'm glad about it tell your neighbor the Lord the Lord has done great things for me and I'm glad about it I'm glad about it for somebody your Ebenezer might be an old pair of shoes it might be an old dress or an old coat and years ago that was the only church dress you had in the house those were the only pair of shoes that you could wear out 
on Sunday morning when you went to church. That old coat was the only coat that you really had that you could wear to church. But now you've got coats all over the place. You've got dresses in your bedroom. You've got dresses in the guest room closet. You've got dresses in the hallway closet. You've got dresses in the children's closet. You've got more stuff than you know what to do with. But every once in a while, you see that old dress. You see that old coat. You see that old pair of shoes. And you've got to lift up your hands and say, praise front porch where we can look into the future but he takes us out on the back porch we can look in the past and see how far God has brought us from come on look over your shoulder look over your shoulder and now look at your neighbor and say God is so good to me oh praise him oh praise him oh praise him to stop. I've got to close. But one of my Ebenezer's is a scar right behind my right ear. In 1985, my hearing was beginning to be diminished in my right ear. There was a ringing in my right ear. We went to the doctor and the doctor checked it out. And the ultimate result of his investigation was he found a tumor on the hearing nerve going into my brain stem and said that tumor may be malignant. It may not be, but whatever it is, it's going to have to come out. And the greatest and best doctor in the world who invented this kind of surgery folded my ear forward, went in through the ear canal, went down into the brain, the, 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 the spinal cord cavity, into the brain stem, clipped out that tumor, packed some fat in place of it, folded my ear back, sewed my ear down. I don't hear out of my right ear, but God, by the power of his might, had a surgeon on hand who could take that tumor that might have taken my life. Three weeks later, I was in the pulpit praising God. And every time, I said every time, I see that scar. Every time I see that scar, I got to raise my hand and say, Lord, you're so good, so good to me. So I thank God. I said, I thank God for the scar. I said, I thank God for the scar. You might have a scar, but you ought to thank God. Don't complain. Tell your neighbor, don't complain about your scars. Thank God. Thank God for your scar. You see, a scar, a scar is nothing but a healed wound. I said, a scar is nothing but a healed wound. And if the wound has healed, then the worst is over and the best is yet to come. And so you can thank God. I've got some scars. I've had tears. I've had sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. But through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Thank God for every trial he's brought me through. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I've just got to praise, praise the Lord. the Lord has done for you that makes you praise him? Is there anything that the Lord has done for you that makes you thank him? Is there anything the 
for it. There's no way you can understand it except to say hitherto the Lord has blessed us. The Lord has helped us and God did it. But you tell two people God did it. 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 I got to praise him. I've got to glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know what I think we ought to do? I think as we start this new week out, we ought to say, Lord, for a whole week, I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to praise you for what you have done. I'm going to praise you for what you're doing right now. I'm going to praise you for what you're going to do in the future. I'm going to praise you because you're God, you're good, you're mighty, you're powerful. I'm going to praise you. Can't nobody praise him for you but you. Nobody can thank him for you but you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Both sinner and saint, righteous and unrighteous, are the beneficiaries of God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy. If you're here today, it's because the Lord has helped you. But may I please beg you, don't go beyond God's toleration level. God has a toleration level. God will only give so long unrecognized, unthanked, unappreciated, disobeyed, and the Lord will withdraw his hand of mercy, his hand of grace. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're here today and you're not saved, this is the day for you to get down to business with the Lord. This is the day for you to accept him as your Savior, as your Lord. This is the day for you to get serious with God and say, God, I really do want to live for you. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to the Lord. Stand up, please, everybody. Your heads are bowed. If you would say, preacher, I want to be saved. I realized today it was the Lord that has helped me. God's been so good to me. I don't want to presume divine grace. I want to do what's right. And that's serve God in return for all the things the Lord has done in my life. I want to be saved. If you're here today and you want to be saved, you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus. And note, please, that this is still a day of miracles. It was a miracle for that young man to be slapped down on the sidewalk with a gun in his hand and to lapse into unconsciousness without harming anybody that was on the Lord's property. And he didn't even wake up until he got off God's territory. They took him to the hospital, but then they took him to the jail and sent and, and charged him with attempted murder. God is good. God is good to you. Even in your sin, God took care 
of you. It's time to accept him. It's time to believe on him. It's time to let Jesus Christ be your Lord and your Savior on this day. If you would say, preacher, pray for me. I need God. I'll pray for you right where you stand. Right where you are, every sin you've ever committed can be forgiven. Right where you are, Jesus can become your Savior and your Lord. Every head is bowed. This may be the most serious and profound moment of your life. This may be the last opportunity you'll ever have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. If you're here and you say, Preacher, I want to be saved. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord. I'll pray for you where you are, but I need you to lift your hand so that I'll know that you desire prayer. Lift that hand. Hold it high. Pray for me, preacher. I want to know Jesus. Pray for me, preacher. I want my sins forgiven. Pray for me. I want my life to be lived under the blessing and control of Almighty God. If that's you, lift that hand. Hold it high. Do not lower it. Once you have lifted it, hold it up until I've prayed for you. Lift up those hands. Pray for me, preacher. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for me, preacher. I want Jesus to be my Lord. Lift those hands. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand for every individual in the room that would say, pray for me. By your grace and providence, they're present here in the house of God. They've heard your word. Dear Lord, they've touched, they've been touched in their hearts and minds by your power, by your spirit. You've drawn them unto yourself. Now, dear Lord, perform the work of forgiveness and salvation in their lives. Come into their hearts. Let them never be the same again. Save them today in Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Everybody repeat that prayer after me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he rose again from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I give my life to him. And I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I am forgiven. I have new life. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Clap your hands and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.